Welcome to Fort Dram and Gold. Tonight, we remember the pirate. So join us by saluting the legend standing on our desk saying, Oh, Captain, my captain. By grabbing a glass, putting the game on mute, and taking a listen. Our mateys, let's do this. Welcome to Ford Ram and Gold. I'm your co-host, Kurt, and I got my sidekick, Dick, here. Say what's up, Dick. What's up, Dick? We are here to taste whiskey, talk sports, give you our thoughts on both. Uh, as I said in the intro, it's been a sad couple days in the world of college football. We will dedicate a good portion of tonight's show to the legacy of Mike Leach, who we uh, tragically lost on uh, Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, then a whole bunch of other things going on on the sports sports world. We've got the home stretch in the regular season for the NFL, college playoffs coming up, a disturbing incident down in Austin involving their college basketball coach, Chris Beard, and Kyler Murray's out for the season. So we'll get into all that. But before we do, Dick, hit them with all the good stuff where they can join and partay with us. All right. Well, thanks for that, Kurt. So, Drammers, as always, uh, we're happy to be back with you uh, this week for this show. One of the big things to do is make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. as Instagram, uh, Facebook, and that's about it because we don't have a Twitter anymore. <laughs> uh, Kurt and I have taken the stance and said, you know what, Elon, um, we're not with it. We're not with it. Uh, don't want to be on True Social. Don't want to be on Twitter. Um, and frankly, just don't want to support a billionaire driving a company into the ground. And that's my rant about that. Uh, that being said, you can get us on all of your podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Google, Apple, Cast, CastBox, uh, YouTube as well. Uh, what's up, Kurt? Unless you want to sponsor us, Elon, we'll, we'll take your money. More than glad to do that. I'll even put on a Tesla Speedo. I'll do whatever you got to do. But that's just me here. Just rifting. <laughs> Fair enough, Kurt. Fair enough, Kurt. You can sell your soul to the devil. All right. Um, and to round it out, uh, if you ever want to check out, our, check out our content, link to any of our podcasts, YouTube channel, whatever it may be, you can always find that at fortramandgold.com. That's 4-T-H-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-G-O-A-L. And Elon, if you want to send us an email, uh, you can't find us on Twitter anymore. You can't ban us, but you can send us an email at fortramandgold at gmail.com. Um, and with that, Kurt, I think I covered everything. We could probably get into what we're drinking this, this fine evening. Yes, sure. We have a whole bunch of sports stuff to talk about, so we won't exactly shoot the shit like we usually do. Let's just talk about what we're drinking. Um, another everyday bottle that you can find, enjoy, uh, depending on what we have to say about it. We grabbed ourselves Old Tub Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Distilled and Bottled by James B. B. Distilling unfiltered for more robust flavor a beam family brand old tub twenty dollars we've got a hundred proof excited did you say beam or bean beam bean or beam beamer beamer ball <laughs> yeah man i'm excited uh, i think this is one i've had on a previous show but I'm not sure that I have a whole lot of recollection from it. Uh, but I think the perfect reason to have this one tonight is if anybody else is in 
my position, Kurt, I think it may be your position as well. It is the end of the year. It is Christmas. It is Hanukkah. It is Kwanzaa. It is gift giving time where we share and spend money and max out credit cards. Um, If you're looking for a good little option, um, I do believe this is one. We'll give you our ratings tonight on it. Uh, But for what, 15 to $18, depending on your store, this is a, a Typically, a pretty solid pickup, a lot of positive reviews from the bourbon community. So we'll give you our thoughts on it tonight, though. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is uh, certainly that time of the month where you remember that you have 50 individuals to buy presents for or something, whether that's work, family, people who get you stuff unexpectedly. So you have to get them stuff back. So anyway, your fruitcake is in the mail. That should be getting there soon. Awesome. Awesome. Totally looking forward to that mushy mess of bullshit. Fruitcake or eggnog? Eggnog all day. All day, right? We both put a post on eggnog recently. I've got another one waiting in the wings, too. Nice. Let's go ahead and get into headlines because we have a bunch to talk about uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our show tonight. World Cup final. We have the France against the Argentina. Argentina, Tina. Who are you going for and why? Well, first off, I, th- I was really hoping Morocco would actually like kick France's ass and make it into the final. Oh, so now I cool. want Morocco to win because I gave two shits about Morocco before the one. Shut up. <laughs> um, can you put Morocco out on the map? I actually can. By throwing a dart and getting lucky. <laughs> I'm going to go with Argentina on this one. I've never been a big fan of France, uh, specifically their football team. So uh, let's give it to Argentina. Let's bring it back to the Americas, man. Why? 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 Why are you not a fan of France's football team? That's like me just randomly being like, you know what? I'm not a big fan of Canada's bobsledding team. Like, why? Well, why don't we let me headbutt you and then tell you why? Oh, come on. Let it go. No, I think it's, I think it really, I could boil it down to this. Ginobili or Parker? Well, that at least makes more sense than just randomly dis, like disliking a whole country on the one sport. I said they're You football don't care team. about. <laughs> My favorites it, go in this Ginobili order. or Parker? That's the question. Well, that's not fair because I'm not going for our. I, uh, I want Messi to win, but if France wins, I'm not going to. I'll celebrate by eating some foie gras. But <laughs> it goes in this order. U.S. of A, Mexico, Ireland, if they ever make it back into the World Cup, Italia, and France. If so, facto, ping, bong, wing, bang, anything, whatever. So I'm going to go U.S., U.K., well, I guess U.S., Britain. Um that's how we finished in the American Revolution, damn it, in that order. <laughs> uh, US, UK, uh, Ireland. I do love Mexico. Like, why, how can you not? Um, I don't know. I think it was a fifth. And it goes back and forth because Mexico gives a shit about their soccer all year long, every day, sure. all day. Sure. America, we come out every four years and say, hey, we have a soccer team. Oh, but we only hey, come out every four years if we make the cup. Let's be very straight about that. That's true, too. And only if the men make the cup. I I will go Messi. I would like to see him win. I would have loved the Messi-Ronaldo clash. I think those two have done enough for the sport that they, you know, one of them deserves it. But I'm not going to hate if France um, 
pulls it off. As you know, I'm a big fan of the cuisine, the lifestyle, the art, the we smoke, you do whatever we want. We're so much better. Marquis de Lafayette, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, let's get into no, let's a little, let's that's too much of a transition there. Let's go Heisman winner. Caleb Williams, deserve it? Yes or no? Yeah, I think of course he deserves it for this year. Um, Duggan would have been cool to see win, um, but I think Caleb Williams like ran away with it, toward, especially toward the end, the end of the season. Now, if he would have won out, beat the Utes, I think it would have been like even farther of a margin. And frankly, I think he lost some votes because of that game. Not that it was his fault. The dude was playing with like a broken ankle or some shit. Um, so man, man among man among boys, if you ask me. Um, what about you? You think you deserved it? Both those guys in their championship games, you know, neither of them were the reasons that they lost those games. Caleb, I think it was his hamstring, but I was texting you while that was going on. Like, this is his moment. If they could pull it off. Yeah. Thanks to that defense, they did not pull it off. Um, Max and TCU, same thing. That drive that he ran like 75 of the 85 yards or whatever, just both guys putting their teams on their backs. Um, is the nail thing is like, does Williams really write like F-U-C-K Utah and stuff like that on his nails? Or is that photoshopped? I thought it was real. Hmm. I mean, from the photos I saw, it did not look photoshopped. Um, I think my question to you, my follow-up is how does Williams compare to the last few Heisman winners we've seen? Okay. Specifically quarterbacks. History. Um, you know, it's getting hard. I think. Because you think of the legends that have won the Heisman Trophy. You think of the careers that Ron Dane put together. You think of Tebow. You think of Johnny. You think of, like, the total package. And I don't know if it's just one season and they're gone, that that that's why it's happening. And those guys were guys that stuck around for a little while. I don't know if it's the transfer portal thing that's kind of just killing but. I mean, he deserves it this year, but do I think of, like I said, those people specifically because of those seasons that they had, Eric Crouch, you know, yeah. and so forth? Eh. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Caleb. I just, I don't know. I think, I think history will kind of tell how much you remember of him. Those were transcendent seasons, I think, to your point. Does the West Coast kind of exposure hurt him in that? No, because, I mean, Reggie, hell of a year. I mean, Matt, we all remember what happened to his, you know, line art. You know, USC has a bunch of Heisman winners. so. But they were getting know, a I lot think... of coverage because they were historically good up to that point. I mean, other than this season, USC's been kind of short, to say the least. That Yeah, and that and, you know, we have the years to remember those guys by, you know, and 10, 12 years, we'll probably say Caleb Williams was a dog, you know, yeah. out there. So time will tell. But, yeah, he deserves it. Anybody, uh, you know, would, could have gone either way. Uh, but does it change your opinion on who you want the Texans to draft? The Texans draft, which has officially became become like quarterback watch for a couple of weeks now, it's got to be Bryce or C.J., it's got to be Bryce unless CJ puts up some, you know, performances in the college playoffs, 
championship, pro days, so forth. But right now, slight edge to Bryce. Love both of them. Wouldn't be mad at either, but that time will tell on, on that one with everything going forward. Is that because they're more proven winners and, frankly, more athletic quarterbacks than Williams and uh, Duggan, Duggan? I don't think Williams is coming out. From everything that I've read, I think he's sticking around another okay. year. Okay. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's a, you know, a, a size thing or a, I don't know what. But I haven't heard anything him coming out. If he were, I mean, he would be in the mix. But Bryce and CJ, they just have those it factors, which yeah. obviously Williams does. But he has. To, he, I just haven't heard enough about him going pro to get excited or even put him in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think you can compare them to Allen, you know, Tua, Hurts, like what they've done recently, being young quarterbacks coming out, very athletic, playmakers, runners, whatever it may be. I'm not going to put Lamar in that because it was so long ago. But, you know, in the, in the last, I don't know, four years, right? To Lamar, I think, was actually only 2018, wasn't he? So I guess Lamar is part of that group, too. Uh, they were saying something about Lamar and Stetson Bennett are like the same age. Like they're... Yeah. 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 Does Stetson Bennett uh, make like does he get drafted? I'm kind of on a rabbit hole here though. Like um, he has to get drafted somewhere. Mr. Relevant. Bounce around for a while. Caleb Williams is six foot one, two sixteen. So I don't know why uh his name hasn't come out. Uh if he just hasn't talked about it or anything like that. But who knows? He is a sophomore, so I think he's fulfilled that obligation. Um is it an age requirement for the NFL? I don't think so. Because he is, uh, you must have been out of high school for at least three years before you're eligible to yeah. play. So maybe that's it. Maybe this is only his second year out of I high school. He was so a, he has to do a little more. I thought he was a redshirt sophomore. Huh. Not sure. Anyway, uh, but uh, anyway. Shows how much we know. Exactly. Um, um, <clears throat> well, so we got kind of I don't want to talk about the playoff yet. We got kind of two weird topics, and we could probably hit the first one real quick. Um, Brittany Griner's back uh in the US, which I think is just an awesome ode to our ability to actually bring people back. I think there's still some Americans in Russia specifically that probably should be back as well. Yeah, that's a political subject. I won't dive, you know, me and my politics. It's not a political subject. It's called getting an American basketball player back in the US. It's it's not political. It's a good it's, thing. It's absolutely political. It was literally a political trade. Like it was the political. But that's not why we're talking football. about it. That's okay. Well, true. I'm glad Brittany Griner's home. Okay. Uh, they said she dunked like her first day back at a practice. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. There was definitely some oohs and ahs about it. Some were happy, some not so happy. But hey, that's not craziest thing I heard, though. We'll move on. Move on. Apparently, she had to cut her hair while she was in uh the um prisoner camp or whatever it was because it's so cold she was getting out of the shower and her hair was freezing that's how miserable russia is so our russian listeners feel for you 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 hear that texans next time you think we have a freeze there you go <laughs> um okay, uh i'll let you talk about the next guy that's more more your bailiwick uh he used to be mm-hmm. one of your people no, and, and this is a disturbing incident that happened that we woke up to Monday morning that was kind of the real big headlines for 24 hours. A lot of weird twists and turns. Uh, Chris Beard was arrested 
in the middle of the night, uh, early Monday morning, for allegedly assaulting his fiance. Details came out, very disturbing stuff. Not going to get into specifics. I'm sure we, those that are sports fans, are are know the situation, read the details. Not good stuff. But a lot of weird twists and turns in this story. Right from the get go, there was kind of a couple hours where Twitter proved itself to be not reliable because you saw several different stories. I had people texting me, um, you know, friends in the coaching circle and so forth that were, you know, there was the story that came out that it was the, the dog, one of the daughters snuck in a boyfriend in the middle of the night, and that's who he assaulted. Uh, there was his lawyer saying this is a complete lie. The person who the complaining wants no jail time. This is he's completely innocent. Weird ordeal, all with Texas playing rice the same day. So within 24 hours, a video, a picture comes out of Chris Beard in jail. Uh, UT decides to suspend him. And then Texas plays a close one against Rice. This is a weird one. At the end of the day, it's cliche, but you say you just kind of hope and pray for all of those involved, his family. Look, I, I don't want to get into the tech thing too much. I did see a couple of tweets. There are those keyboard warriors who just like they don't have a life and they're going to make jokes right off the bat. I did see a couple of tweets directed at tech fans about being not cool with this, like, you know, making inappropriate jokes, which I didn't see a lot of, but then I didn't go looking for them. But here's the thing. I respected Chris Beard. Depending on what comes from this, that that opinion probably will change, but you don't wish this upon anybody. Chris Beard left to his alma mater. We talked about this in my very minimal comparison of being a former high school coach. Our alma mater is shitty, still is shitty, thanks to the contributions of people like me and you over the years. But even then, there was still that slight obligation that I felt like if the right person led the team and the right scenario presented itself, yeah, I would have I would have been interested coaching at my own mater because that's just what you do. You you want to go back to where you sweat and you you bled. Chris Beard did not play at Texas, but he he did start his coaching career there and eventually what it became. Um, but yeah, you don't wish this on anybody. It's a sad situation for for everyone involved. To you know, the fiance who's obviously gone through emotional physical pain, to the poor daughters who somebody came up with this wild story of a boyfriend and got them involved, and then you hope and pray that they didn't witness this event. And uh, yeah, it's just it was a weird, crazy thing. Any any thoughts? <laughs> no, I really don't have anything to say to it, say about it. I really think you kind of hit the points, at least from what I've heard. I wasn't aware of a few of those uh, storylines. Um, but assuming, assuming, uh, let's go two paths here. What's your take? Assuming he's guilty. Is this the end of his coaching career? Um, so this is a weird situation on my drive to work. You know, when I start thinking about what I'm going to say on the show, I started going through it. You know, Woody Hayes, the controversial ending. He was at the end of his career. Mm -hmm. Bobby Knight. 
Bobby Knight, end of his career. But Joe know. Paterno, I, I, I teetered bringing that one up because of the horrendous and not trying to compare, you know, the level of things that occurred, but end of his career. This is the guy who, as of last week, had the number two team in the country. They are really, really good, as much as it pains me to say that. You know, I I never want UT to win a national championship before Tech, whoever the head coach is, but they're really, really good right now. So this is a thing that I, I couldn't think of an instance where somebody was having to possibly fire the coach of the best team in the country. You had Urban's little bar incident, but this, of course, is a whole other level. The school's waiting for something. The school's waiting for more details, which some people are going to say people have been fired a lot quicker for, you know, smaller incidents. But unless this story turns into a huge fabrication or, you know, I'm, I'm, I am not a lawyer, nowhere near it. Or if this turns into some kind of self-defense situation, it was just one of those things where these little things that make you go, huh? That apparently he had audio of her being the abuser, but he didn't want to share it. Like, unless something really comes out to change the whole scope of this thing, I, I don't I don't think he can. I don't see how he can. So then let's not even get into like those one-off crazy situations. Simply simple question. If it's not true. Is this that's a, not a simple question? No, I know. I know I'm oversimplifying it, but if he hit her, if the bite more, if all that, if all that happened, he's not, he can't stay. He can't. And I, I, I feel really Austin statesman are the, was the, the newspaper that I think started releasing everything right away there in Austin. And their sports reporter was on uh, YouTube last night. Watch that video. He says it does not look good. It looks pretty, pretty bleak right now. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's that's not the important thing. The important thing is that there's a lot of family members going through some emotional things right now, but I just it doesn't look good. Okay. I'll take it. More to come. Anyway, had to talk about it. I mean, it was a huge sports story that rocked everything for about 24 hours on Monday. So funny thing is it's really not a sports story. True. Uh Sports drama. All right. Football playoffs? Yeah, let's talk about it, man. So we got uh, UGA versus OSU, the one and the four. We got Michigan versus TCU, the two and three. Um, let's just talk – let's talk these matchups, um, put a high-level agreed-upon final together, and then talk the ultimate winner. What do you think? Excitement. I would love to see the Michigan-Ohio State rematch. Mm-hmm. I do see Georgia beating Ohio State. I think TCU can handle Michigan. They have just found every possible way to win games this year Except. until that conference championship. Um, That's always a hard, though. That's a hard one, though, because those teams play each other so often. If someone's going to have your number... It's going to be someone in your conference. Like, that's typically how it is. Um, yeah. 
CJ's got something to prove. He he wants to beat Michigan. It's hard to repeat, man. It's really hard to repeat. Because of that, I think we do get a rematch. I think we get Ohio State and Michigan in the national championship. That would be wild. Wild. I don't know if I can agree with that. I'm going to have to go with Ugga over OSU. Um, but I could see TCU over Michigan. And I think the Ugga TCU one would be interesting. Um, but I do agree with you from a dramatic perspective, OSU for Michigan. Uh Sounds pretty awesome. Uh, the question there is, does OSU get Michigan if they play again? I think they do. Something okay. is telling me. I don't Reading know the tea leaves. I, I Maybe it's the other kind of tea that I drank earlier today that has me feeling really good. Mushroom tea? But I, it's the uh, Colorado tea. Uh, I think it's – maybe it's me wanting C.J. Stroud to move up that draft board and – make that contest against Bryce Young a little bit more exciting. But, yeah, man, something something about the Buckeyes, something about falling flat on their face the other day and having something to prove. All right. I'm going to be boring and say Ugga Michigan, and then Ugga wins. I just like to be boring. That's probably what's going to happen, but once again, this is the tea talking. Yeah, no, the OSU-Michigan, uh, that's a lot more watchable game, I think, for everybody in the country. That would be exciting. OSU would have to make it a little bit more exciting than it was against Michigan last time. And Michigan, who they didn't have him then, but their star running back is out for the season. That is very true. Uh, We did this last year. I enjoy it. Favorite random bowl game because of the matchup, not necessarily the name. I know last year I went with the Barstool Sports because of the Portnoy, Barstool, and everything. And And that that didn't happen. It's going to happen this year. But that's not my random matchup that I enjoy. I will let you go first. All right. So I'm going to go a little bit twofold here. So my favorite bowl game is the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I think that is pretty cool. Um, it's in SoFi Stadium. Pretty awesome. And I, I like I think you went with that one last year. I did. I did. I know that. So what I'm going to say this year is the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl between UTSA, Hometown Heroes, and Troy. I'd like to see UTSA pull out the win, get another uh, bowl game under their belt. It's a lot of fun here in San Antonio when UTSA is good. It really is. Um, you know, you got to, you know, uh, get down with the, the roadrunners or uh, what do they say? Me-me. Yeah, that, but they also say, um, let's go 2-1-0. That's, uh, that's one of the little slogans. Barbacoa and Big Red. Pretty much. Yep. Sounds about which right. I fucking hate Big Red. So they ruined the combination of barbacoa, which is I, I, a delicacy. I love barbacoa. Wonderful. Best breakfast, arguably. And they ruin it with that god-awful Big Red. Ooh, I have something for you. What's have that? You, have you by chance watched the new season of the taco thing on Netflix yet? Is that new or old? So there was an old season. season. There's a new season. And so it's pretty much like all like American cities. And San Antonio makes it or what? San Antonio's in it. Yep. Uh, Pretty good episode. There's a Dallas one I haven't watched. And there's a San Diego one, which I've watched. I'm guessing there's not a Houston one because that's the one thing that hates town. Hold it down that I love. Just ain't ain't doing it. Barbecue. Yes. Every ethnicity, every possible food, except for possibly tacos. Um, Unless I'm just not looking in the right places. 
I will go with a rematch of the 2000 National Championship, the Cheez-It Bowl this year, Oklahoma versus Florida State, two programs. Uh, historically good, Cheez-It Bowl, maybe not up to the expectations. FSU actually had a decent year for turning it around. But, yeah, I, 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 I will be checking that one out. And then how do you not, you know, Cheez-It's that typical when I make fun of all the bowl games, the Cheez-It Bowl's the name that I usually go to. Did you know there's two Cheez-It Bowls this year? Well, now you got me curious. What do you mean? So there's the Cheez-It Bowl you just talked about. There's also, there's also the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl between LSU and Purdue. They just need to start sharing the love. I mean, you can only run out of so many sponsors. It's getting Seriously. pretty bad out there when, you know. Cheez-It has two bowl games. All right. Well, you learn something new every day. Nose on our glass because the next dram is going to be emotional. So, so this is a Jim Beam product, correct? Very, very nutty. So, Jim Beam has always been old car. To me, <laughs> like yeah. old hot car, like 1960s, I mean, 70s upholstery that's been sitting in the sun for yes. 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, a 70s Volkswagen bug <laughs> beetle that my mom had. My first car was a 72 Volkswagen beetle. <laughs> yeah, I know that's small. Um, and you know what it is? It's because of the horsehair. Cool. Didn't know that. Uh, yeah, all the uh, all the seats, the padding underneath. <laughs> The seat was horsehair. So I'm expecting that with a beam product. This one may actually give me a little 1980s Corvette. This may be a slight upgrade. Mm, do you know why? Because the horse, they, they switched to um, llama hair. It's actually the oil leaks that were very prominent in those cars. Ah, yes, the oil leaks. Was Knight Rider a Corvette? Knight Rider was actually a Firebird. Oh. The Trans Am, like in 1983, four. Knight Rider Kit. was the voice of Feeny, wasn't it? Possibly. Feeny. The, the car's name was Kit. Fa, 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 Feeny. Boy Meets World to you, yeah. now, 1990s kids. Oh, okay. So I'm getting 1980s Corvette. Maybe you dropped a box of raisins in there for a night. And they warmed up a little bit. And you picked them up the next day and you're like, I'm hungry. But am I that hungry? Do I want to scoop these raisins out? They're sticking to the sides of the box, which they do in new boxes. I don't know how that's possible. It's a humidity thing. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting raisins in a hot 1984 Corvette. Nice. Nailed it. What color interior? Mm, this is the coffee brown. <laughs> so early 80s. So early 80s. <clears throat> yep. The Hoff was sitting in it, riding around for a little bit. Different car. Dropped his raisins under the seat, reached for it. Actually, in all honesty, this, this nose isn't bad. No, it's not. Fruitful. It does have a raisin scent to it. 
B minus, buddy. Yeah, I'll go B minus. That's good. I get a little bit more peanutties, but not like heavy, heavy. It's more like just like roasted. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Which yeah. I'm actually looking at one right now. Oh, you would. You whatever you call those people that look at 1980s porsches. Uh, all right. Third dram. Let's get there, buddy. Okay. As stated, it was a rough week for college football fans everywhere. Uh, I'm glad we did this today and not yesterday. Yesterday was more of a very sad, you know, reflecting days, reflecting day. Today is more of a celebratory, you know, you watch the videos, you heard all the interviews. Um, We've talked about people that have passed away, you know, that we did not know personally. There's always that celebrity or somebody that you didn't know passed away. How do you feel? How do you not feel? There have been those like for me, Bourdain, they influenced you in life and so forth. This person was certainly one of those. Uh, and it was even a little bit more personal because you, you, we, I was on campus at the time, went to the games, saw him in person, heard the speeches. Mike Leach, the pirate, passed away unexpectedly at 61 years old. Uh, very sad and tragic. Was at practice on Saturday, and then um, it apparently happened Sunday morning. Swing your sword, baby. We're going to go on a rant. We don't have this necessarily blueprinted or outlined. We're just going to go on a little bit back and forth because we both appreciated the guy. We both shared the news when we had heard it, uh, you know, Sunday, like, gosh, I hope this isn't as bad as it sounds. I could go on forever. I'll let you go first. Just what are your thoughts? What What did you enjoy? What was what did you enjoy on the stories that were reflected on yesterday? So I wouldn't say I've really watched a lot of the stories that have been reflected on because I have my personal ones that are near and dear favorites to me. Um, obviously, every interview he ever did left someone with either a question mark on their face after he was done or at least laughing, right? Um, personally, I mean, the big moments are those iconic ones. I mean, you know, Crabtree, those moments were just like amazing um, my favorite Mike Leach anecdote, though, has to be the insurgent warfare seminar he taught at Washington State. I mean, what other coach has ever done that? Hell, whatever, whether professors, there's few and far between quirky enough professors to teach random ass classes like that. But I don't know. I think it just is a testament to who he was. Um, he kind of everybody says, you know, he rode his own boat in his own direction, however you want to put it. Um, but uh I mean, he had a fucking pirate ship when he's in Mississippi State, for God's sakes. I mean, <laughs> who else has a has a full-size pirate in their office? Like, nobody does. Um, I will say this. When doing the reflecting, like, the Tom Rinaldi shit or whatever they've done recently, um, where they highlighted his George Costanza with his face on it picture that was in his office, where he's, Costanza's, like, wearing his boxers on the chaise lounge, and he had his face superimposed on it. I don't know, man. Like, there's nothing about the guy that was boring. That's one thing you can say. But I wouldn't see all your thunder. You have so many more stories than I do, but those are just kind of my highlights. No, no. you. I mean, you said the same. This Everyone said the same things. Genius was way more than just football and usually talked about way more than football. 
you know, read the book, swing your sword, you know, Geronimo read that book. Um, and that he just was just an innovator and ahead of his time when he helped uh, how mummy start the air raid offense. <clears throat> it does get personal for me because 2002, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike Leach, they're playing Ohio State, and that was really the first time that I had been introduced to, oh, there's there's this other school in Texas with this quirky coach and this quarterback that just throws the shit out of the ball. And I'm like, this is awesome. They did get their ass kicked that day by Ohio State, but from that day forward, I was intrigued. And you know, 2000, what, 2000 sophomore year of high school. So we're saying 2000, you know, five, 2004 ish. Yeah. Comes around in my, my dad's literally like, Hey buddy, we're going to have a do trip. You're, you want to go to a football uh, summer camp, you pick. And he literally opened the door to anywhere just so we could have that experience. I had the Notre Dame website pulled up. I had Oregon because I remember them specifically. They had a full pad camp that you had to like bring your pads to. That was interesting. And of course, that was like at the prime of, you know, a little after Joey Harrington and all that. But tech was like, okay, this is a possibility. I I can I may end up wanting to go here. Mike Leach, all that cool stuff. Let's go check it out. And that got me over there we knew my football career was never going to amount to anything to that level, but it was a possibility that I could go there. And I, you know, Mike Leach comes in, speaks to the campers. Looking back on the memories, Lincoln Riley, I'm getting to write on a board with Lincoln Riley at the time. Dana Holgerson is telling me that I have horrible footwork, even though I'm dropping a football on a dime in a trash can 40 yards down the field, son. But anyway, and, I, you know, I just fell in love with everything about it. You know, the rebellion part of it, the quirkiness, the weird coach. You throw in Bob Knight, who I wanted to be going to Tech, but then wanting to be leached by the time I left Tech. And he was just an inspiring guy in the, the way that he just kind of his path was. He didn't play college football. That was a big thing for me going into coaching. Like, I didn't play college football. Can can I be as good as them? Wait, Mike Leach didn't play college football, and he's one of the best. So there's a lot of things there that I loved about Leach and the personal things. And you know me. I don't know if you have seen another tech fan that loves the school as much as I do. But like family, there's that one little bruise, that one little spot, and it was the handling of the Mike Leach situation. And I, I haven't met one person who's taken tech's side on that. And then you read the book and everything, but just, just a really awesome, awesome person reading his books, seeing the interviews, the candy corn store, you know, <laughs> I hate candy corn. Just a couple months ago, I shared, you know, his Thanksgiving plate speech, which he nailed it. Gravy on everything. Cranberry. Don't get too carried away with it. Take those damn sweet potatoes away from me. Nailed it. And, you know, when the guy spoke, you listened. But um, 
you know, and then even being in that high Texas high school coaching circle for a couple of years, you never met anybody who did not like him. People didn't like Kingsbury style sometimes, but everybody loved Mike Leach's style. And, 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 and yeah, it was just a sad, unexpected thing. Keep me honest on this one, but didn't Mike Leach like the whole like fat little girlfriends? <laughs> yes, he did. He did say go on the epic rant about fat little girlfriends. The my favorite Leach one was after a loss to Baylor the year after the eleven and two team, where he rips them a new asshole for about eight minutes in the locker room. And he just started, he's like, fuck you, fuck me, fuck everything. And and those are like direct quotes. He was just like, that was him. Yeah. And you you heard stories that Leach could get down, like making players roll in the snow as punishment. Like he wasn't just always the quirky, lovable guy. No. But the cool thing about him was you have your stone cold face, you know, Saban will crack up every now and then. But for the most part, it's Saban. Leach was like not talking about football after the game, you know, yeah. and it was just weird conversations. The mascot in the back pack 12 speech. That's a classic. You know, like I said, I, I want to keep it minimal. I can go on forever. You know, I have my tech jersey on right now and my hat as a tribute. I had a, uh, I poured a good old shot of early times B.I.B. last night in tribute. Um Saw the scene from Friday Night Lights about 10 times last night. Um, but yeah, just a really cool dude. And and he did have a direct impact, like on me and the tech and you know, the offense and air raid and wanting to be that type of coach and so forth. And and yeah, that's still, I mean, I'm still living today the tech life. Yeah. I mean, I heard like 12 hours before his incident, like he was literally at a Christmas party. I mean, it was just so sudden and, and out of but field um harker's out to his family obviously um but yeah i'll never forget the guy and in an era of stone cold you know i'll never blame my team or talk bad about what we did on the field you know kind of guys like mike leach was that guy it was more dick for meal more like playoffs like we fucking suck <laughs> kind of yeah and, and it was it's weird that unfortunately his last bowl game you know this one coming up but the last one last year was the one against Tech. And it's just kind of a, a good buddy who was like, you, you you do you pull for Leach? Do you pull for him at all? And I, I had I told him, like, love Leach, love him. But you know, I ride with the brand. You know, I you know, I ride with the brand no matter what. Um, even though I don't agree with that whole situation, but it's just interesting. Like that was his last bowl game. I am happy to see that they're going to actually be playing the bowl game and the questions about, are you going to, and everybody's like, you'd be pissed if we didn't. Um, and then you saw where he said that interview where they were like, what do you want in your obituary? He literally said, I don't care. I'm dead. I, I don't care. I'm dead. You <laughs> yeah. do what you want. So yes, he would want them to play that. That's game. your problem. Not mine. <laughs> um, favorite memory. If I had to pick one, you know, it had to have been, on the field after the Crabtree catch, got to run on the field, got to pat Mike Leach on the back and then take a good old shove from the Texas Ranger that was escorting him, telling him basically his nice way of saying, get the hell out of the way. Um, 
but yeah, that's got to be one of my favorite memories right there. And then, of course, the great quote after the win at AM and Kyle Field when he says, Sometimes a pirate can beat a soldier. And I think that's where we need to leave it right there. All right. So, that being said, let's uh, at least raise our glass to, uh, to Leech and uh, let the pirate uh, sail on. Our. How are you feeling about the taste on this guy? Not bad. You definitely get the Jim Beam flavors. A little beamy. I think you do get a little bit of the stronger barrel oak Oaky. in this one a little bit more. A little, little bit of a back-end yeah. proof. Kind of hits you as you inhale in. Yeah. It, uh, it drinks hotter than it smells. But it's it's a perfect it's that 100 proof. That's pretty, uh, pretty solid. You feel it on the taste. Yeah. There's mm. a little bit of. That watered scotch kind of taste on the back end. But I'm going to stick to consistent and go B minus. Yeah, I'll give the. We'll give the taste a, a B. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and get into the uh, fourth dram. Um, really going to call this the uh, the home stretch of the NFL season 2022 going to 23. Um, got it broken down here. Just a few questions. We'll uh, kick around to each other, keep it a little bit structured, but may go down a rabbit hole or two knowing us. Um, I guess my first question for you, Kurt, is – who's your favorite surprise player of the year? And when I say this, it's not who did you think was going to break out and did. It's not who did you think was going to be amazing and busted. It's who did you not even know their name before the season started or barely knew their name and has either surprised you on the field or I don't know, surprised you off the field, if that's what it is. I'm going to throw you for a curveball on this one. This guy's on the field, but he's on the sideline. Mike McDaniel has surprised me this year. I was concerned. I didn't. I was a little surprised by the hire. I didn't know if he had done anything innovating at San Francisco. I thought it was a lot of Shanahan, but the clips of him and Tua and the way he supported Tua, you know, and the whole situation that occurred before he got there and then maybe them not really wanting to uh, and so forth he he's done a pretty solid job there he's still he's still having to battle the bills and i think they've had a couple rough weeks recently but yeah mike mike mcdaniels has done a heck of a job over there in miami and he i'm not gonna lie i didn't have high expectations of him i thought it was going to be interesting to see and, and and he's done a pretty good job I love that call out. I really do. Um, talk about another guy who doesn't look like a football coach. Um, Michael Daniel is one of those. He looks like an analyst. Um, it's not just, I think, the whole Tua situation. It's coaching through Tua being injured, you know, and actually coaching around the whole should Tua have come back when he did situation. I mean, they're still set eight and four, right? I mean, they're they're fighting the Bills to your point in that, but they have a great shot at a playoff spot. 
So I, I think it's a, I think it's a great call. I think thinking outside the, the box where I was thinking very much inside the box. And so I that, tend to do that sometimes. So that being said, my player is Christian Watson. Oh, because he's like the only wide receiver in Green Bay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally. But, but nobody knew who he was before the season, so whatever. Um, yeah, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think when you think about breakout stars for the year, like consistent at least, what, five touchdowns in three games or whatever that stat is, um, I think it's definitely a go-to. Uh, one player that I will say, and this gets a little bit off track, that has pleasantly surprised me from like a fantasy perspective um, is picking up Justin Fields when I did at the exact right time was such a fucking win for me. Um, he balled out and put up like one of 48 points that game or something like that. But I'm so happy to finally see him sit hit, hitting his stride and actually playing well, at least from like a stats perspective, not necessarily the bears are winning, but yeah. Fantasy is interesting. Uh, I'm going through a really rough patch, but we'll talk a little bit more about fantasy in the next uh, portion of this because you had another question, right? I do. Favorite favorite moment of the year. Favorite moment? I think it'd be a toss-up. I think you stole the one moment that's been really awesome, but the other one was that Panthers-Falcons game with the toss of the helmet at the end. Jumping off off the couch, like at the end of that game, like holy hell, and the fact that you realize, oh, it's the NFC South and it's a dumpster fire right now. But yeah, that caused the most excitement. I'll let you give your answer that's pretty much the number one for me. Yeah, I think, especially since recent memory, I mean, Mayfield coming off the waiver wires on Tuesday, starting for the Rams on a Thursday night game, winning it on 98 yard touchdown, touchdown yard drive um, with two days to learn the organization didn't even know what maybe a couple pages in the playbook, the basics, but just still done better than Russell Wilson has with an entire season under his belt in Denver. So I don't know if that speaks volumes for Baker and he's a lot more adaptable than people give him credit for. He just has the it factor and can turn it on or the fact that Russell's season is that bad. I, I don't know what it says. Or the Broncos were never going to be that good because there was just, Nothing else there. Uh, but I've already talked about that enough in their seasons. There's not much to talk about. Um, and I really have to ask a question. Let's just say <clears throat> Russell gets a couple more weapons around him because he got Jared Judy. Judy's a good player. Um, he's got a couple people in his backfield that can't say healthy to save their life, but they're decent. Um, that, but okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm trying to, you know, devil's advocate here. If the coach changes, do they win? Like, is the coaching the problem? No. <clears throat> what maybe, is a, maybe a couple losses at the beginning of the year, but no, it's just that they were never that good, and they have to play people like Patrick Mahomes and Herbert. And, you know, the do we suck? Yes, but maybe not so much Raiders. I mean, I just... <laughs> There's just a lot that needs to be fixed there. And it's the coaching, definitely. But no, I don't think you're talking about a turnaround season if you have somebody else, you know, coaching the team. Okay. We didn't even talk about Geno Smith either. You know, that same vein. Geno Smith, yeah, he's doing good. Um, he's doing better than. What's his name? Pert? 
Purdy. He was a surprise to me this last week. Last week, uh, yeah, played hurt too. After Garoppolo, another surprise that he's you know, it's, it's sad when you're like, damn it, we need Garoppolo back. Um, so yeah, a couple of big surprises. All right, so we talked about fantasy a little bit. Um, let's give an update to all of our listeners on our fantasy football season. I'm sitting in third, but I'm taking some big-time haymakers right now. Uh, Pierce is out. Kyler Murray is out. Um, How's I'm struggling a little bit. We, But one, two, and three is pretty much set. You were at one. You're playing two. I don't even know if y'all could really flip if you lose oh, no, that I one. No, I can flip I'm two with games him up. if I win and you beat him, but I'm struggling. And then the only real excitement for our league is that four, five, and six all have a chance at that four spot. <clears throat> four is sitting pretty if he because wins. he's playing the last place person who I can't tell if he just sucks at picking his team or doesn't give a shit. <clears throat> and he's been essentially a buy most of the year. Five is going to be in a good good little contest and needs some luck. And six needs both of them to lose. But if good he wins, buddy Keith. he sneaks in there to the four spot. So that's the only real excitement. Other than that, you're talking about matchups in so the I, playoffs and the finals. I can tell you who I'm, I'm pulling for. I'm pulling for Keith only because his team name is Swinger Sword. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like I said, our buddy sitting at four practically has a bye week. Yeah. I did text our last place person like, hey, buddy, can you at least make it interesting? <laughs> and he basically said, fuck this league. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What are your, what are your predictions, man? Let's just say four stays four. Um, I end up playing that person. You end up playing uh, uh, our other buddy. I never did. My prediction is four. We'll win it all because that's really? just fantasy football. Yes. Oh, you You've had a awesome year, but it just takes one game. It does. <clears throat> and you will be out. My team is all injured once again. Like I'm picking people off the waiver wire, hoping they have these one great games. Um, I'm I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers. Or and I I don't know if that's a good bet this weekend. So and, um, how much is uh, Deshaun <laughs> Watson looking good to you right now? Not in his last two games. I'm not, sorry, he put he put up much. 17 points last game. Mm, that's it's, okay. You're right. That means he put six game before. It means he's hitting a stride. Thank you. So what are you talking here? You want to trade? Because I I got what. An injured running back and a quarterback with a torn ACL. What What do you want? Let's well, give me King Henry. You want Henry? Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just fantasy. You You work your ass off all year to do this, and it takes one game. And then yeah, so I, it's it's gonna come down to four versus probably two, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, Fields is Fields is uh, slated to be questionable for this weekend, so I will be starting. Watson, unless some crazy shit happens. Like, I don't know. They find out more women that he sexually assaulted. 
whole other story. Uh, uh, all right. So predictions right now. If the season were to start today in the AFC, it looks like it would be the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Titans, <clears throat> the Bengals, and the Dolphins. In the NFC, you've got the Eagles, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Bucks, because they're atop of that horrible division. The Cowboys, the Commanders, and then you have on the outside with a possibility of somehow getting in uh, is the Giants. So yeah, we've got a uh, we've got things. Some teams are sitting more pretty than the other. The Eagles are are guaranteed a playoff spot. They're going to try to get that bye week. The Chiefs and the Bills have a one game lead for those uh, first two open spots. <clears throat> I want to I want to so, call yeah. this out. I want to call this out real quick though, because you said the Washington basically the Washington and the Giants. But I want to call this out: the Commanders and the Giants. They're both sitting at six and seven, respectively, right? Washington has the win against the Giants, but they're seven, five, and one. The Seahawks, on the other hand, are sitting at eight with a seven and six. So don't tell me the ties don't count for something. <laughs> they do. They're bullshit. I wish we wouldn't tie in the NFL, but it's that would be funny to see a team make it because of a tie instead of a loss over another team. All right. So my question to you then. Is if the playoffs started right now, who's winning the AFC? Who's winning the NFC? What does the Super Bowl look like? And then who's winning it all? Yeah, I'm going to go all of that, or do you want to take turns? Because I'll tell you who's winning the AFC and who's winning the NFC. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC. The Eagles are going to win the NFC. Tell me I'm wrong. You're right. Um, the Chiefs have like the Texans, the Broncos, the Raiders, like in those last couple handful of games. The Bills play like the Bengals and somebody else that's kind of good. So I will give the Chiefs the A's in the AFC. The NFC, the Eagles just look like they've got a pretty good package all together. Like, I'm not going to lie. If they can beat the Cowboys – which is going to be exciting because Parsons is talking shit about Hurts, saying is it like is it really Hurts or is it the team? Uh, either way, you got to play them. Hurts uh, is a possible MVP candidate. You put sure. some respect in his name. Hey, I'm not putting. You put I'm... some respect in his name. On his name, that's what you wanted to say. You put some respect in and on his name and all around it. I think he's probably an MVP candidate, but it's he's not winning that he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes he's just not he's not Josh Allen he's just not he has too many weapons around him for God's sakes uh not to discredit him at all but I do think the Eagles win it all I'll give them that do you think the Eagles win the Super Bowl mm -hmm. I think they get to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs yes sir yeah, so we have the same Super Bowl, but it flipped. 
uh, flip winners. And my only rationale here is because I think the Eagles offense is more well-rounded. I think the Eagles are damn good. So, and I think the NFC is just kind of a mess right now. They're it kind of says so when the NFC East is the best looking division in football, when it's just that they just kind of play each other. Um, <laughs> they beat up on the, the same kid. In yeah. Square. And the Texans almost beat the, the the Cowboys this weekend. And I was so pumped and so psyched, but neither here nor there. Stop the count. <laughs> that uh, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think Mahomes is going to do that just like he did that season work. They came back and beat the 49ers. I think they're going to find a way to pull it off. One side little conversation, Kyler Moore Murray has had a rough year. There was the contract thing. There was the is he studying. There was the bad look where he's telling Kingsbury to calm the fuck down on the sideline. There was the Andre Hopkins a couple weeks ago on the soundbite saying, where are you looking? And now... This one, once again, I'm not wishing things upon people. He tore his ACL. Is Kingsbury done in Arizona? Is Kingsbury done? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's even a conversation. I think he's done. I think he's he's. He's done. He was done. Now he's definitely done because now they're not going to win anything with Colt McCoy. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think Kingsbury is done there. Well, who the hell are you gonna replace him with? Somebody, because he obviously isn't isn't getting it done, and it's gonna be a lot more than just a a rebuild next year. Hmm. What uh, Texas college needs a head coach? He will be. So there's gonna be two things. He's going to be. Part of Nick Saban's coaching rehabilitation program over there in um, Alabama. That would be him or, him or Scott Frost will end up jumping on that. Uh, or he will end up being the offensive coordinator at somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Nebraska. And I don't even know if Nebraska's hired an offensive coordinator or anything. Texas a uh, would be great. Nope, because apparently – Texas A&M. Old Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, because nothing says innovate an offense like Bobby Petrino. Riding in on his hog for that interview. Since we brought it up, since you don't have a bowl game to look forward to and there's been a mass exodus, what what are your expectations for A&M? The breaks on the word mass exodus, okay? Um, Mass. (sighs) Jumping ship. Huge exodus. I have a child getting off the ship, getting on board, taking off. I don't know, man. Like, it's a, it seems to be another AM tradition. Um, we have mass exodus of players that transfer out and transfer portal, it seems like every year. The problem with this, it seems cringy to be- yell leaders saying weird things that that midnight yell thing, which got really bad this year. But okay, back off topic. Uh, and I guess my thing is what you who you see transfer are guys who came in super hot, four or five stars. It seems like we tend to overpromise playing time and they don't realize that. And it seems to happen where either they get in trouble off the field, which is a couple of the guys who um, are transferring out this year. Some of the other ones, 
are probably not starting or in the lineup to be starters next year. But the problem with this is it creates a lack of bench strength um, where people at Alabama stay. People at Ohio State stay. That tends, in my opinion, that is one of the biggest issues with the program as a whole is you cannot you cannot maintain or hold on to these kids to wait two years until they start. Where other organizations, it seems to be that's the expectation. I think a lot of that has to come down to how we recruit and the expectations being set by whoever's recruiting them uh, when they come onto campus. Um, I also read an article that um, specifically AM had a lot of problems with this recruiting class this year, this freshman sophomore group, specifically the freshman group, though, um, coming in and balancing schoolwork and school expectations and like campus life against football life because this was the uh, generation or the class that was like junior seniors during COVID. So there was a little bit of an issue there. And I think a lot of that has to do with, once again, um, the football staff effectively managing the kids once they're on campus. So not to say that's, that's a problem across all organizations, but it tends to be a problem, at least with A&M. So. Right. I think it one of those text tags articles, man. Or maybe, or maybe you just don't have somebody who can control a bunch of five star players and handle them like somebody else who thinks they're God. And maybe you want to dive into their past and see how they got to where they got. You know what I mean? Maybe they just don't do it as good as that person. So you're bringing maybe that's up, why you're bringing because they think they're God. Okay, and you want to go ask them about their past and how they got where they got. Maybe they're just better than me. Maybe I wish I was him, but I'm not him. You know, roll that. You're bringing up the question that everybody has that we can't solve. Why are you not Nick Saban? No. Why can't we afford to spend ninety five million? Not afford. Why don't we want to spend $95 million? I know much? you're not talking about AM spending money. Right. I know you're not saying that's an issue. No, because that's obviously not the issue. I think you have to, I think you have to like as stupid as it sounds, like I think you endure for another at least three years. Mm-hmm. I think I endure for the next three years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the cycle of life starts over. And mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. it goes back to, I don't know who you're replacing with. Like, I, I said this before, and, like, the more I think about it, Kevin Sumlin? Think, no, shut the fuck up. Because it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other and they're the same person. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. No, I really yeah. do think you need some sort of, like, homegrown coach to be, like, truly successful. Um, or we need to hire someone out of the Saban Rehabilitation Program. So maybe Scott Frost in two, three years. Maybe it's like – or uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Was there? I would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> All right. So we gave our Super Bowl predictions. Let's give the rating on this old hot tub. With Grover Cleveland stuck in it. So I'm going to give my first. I'm going to give my rationale. For $18 – this is an A. Is that it? Yep. This just this continues to confirm I'm not a Jim Beam guy. I I just I don't know. 
Oh, it's so beamy. Yeah, I'd go Jack above it. I'd go even Evan Williams bottled in Bond. Yeah. Is it is a solid bottle for me? So if you're thinking of the if you're thinking of the big names, Jack, Turkey, Jim, Evan Williams, Maker's Mar, like every like I'm just not a Jim Beam guy. I've 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 given it a try. The black label was the worst. There nope, even that I'm getting confused with an Evan Williams. Yeah, I I I can't really think of a Jim Beam product that i've just really been excited about this is good at a b minus level twenty dollars but that old car i don't know i would still we're gonna do what we always do you put this next to evan williams bottled and bond you definitely put it next to my leader of early times bottled and bond i'm gonna smack the shit out of this bottle with that bottle and that bottle's not gonna break because it's a leader um, you know, yeah, um, it's okay. So I would say this is the best Jim Beam product. That's not saying much for me. I'm going to go B minus. Then you got maybe the best was like with Mila Kunis and her devil's cut commercials. I mean, that's, that may be like, was that even a good whiskey? I don't even know if I've had that. No, I've never had that. Anyway, B minus. I'll keep it consistent for the twenty dollars, but I, yeah, I'm going to grab a lot of other things before I grab this. I think this in the rotation. Like if I was going to keep a sub thirty uh, whiskey cabinet, uh, this would be in the rotation. Here's Mark Buffalo Trace, early times, Bottle Bond, yeah, uh, Evan Bottle Bond, several bottles before I would get this one again. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. Someone's not disagreeing with that at all. That this would be in the rotation. Like, I, I enjoy the taste. Like, I really do. Thank for the price. It's something I can sit and sip on. It's not aggressive. You can put it in anything. You can put it in Coke, Dr Pepper, whatever. But um, it, it's just different, right? Like, and that's that's what I like. I like to have a variety of stuff to have. Um, I will tell you, probably the only thing I've been really consistently drinking right now is Jack Daniel's single barrel barrel proof, though. Because they consistently have it at specs, and so I just buy one like every time. That's also like a, six, uh, a sixty-five dollar hole in the head. So I have bought, I have bought it a lot lately, and I am buying it again this weekend for my buddy, who our buddy, who I'm going to his diaper party. He shared that his favorite is the TX straight bourbon. So I've I've actually been drinking that quite a bit. They did a little marketing gimmick where they. Threw in one of those Texas neckties. Oh yeah, uh, on the bottle. Like Tito's but, has the uh, the sweater. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I maybe need to get a bottle of Tito's. I'm t- I'm I'm telling you, I'm meaning to broaden the horizons. Martinis may be next, just so I can kind of buy Ryan Reynolds gin. Um, but yeah, so uh, TX I've been drinking a lot, and then uh, early times. Always have a bottle of every time bottle bomb. But anyway, grab it. Try old tub. Give it a shot. If you're a Jim Beam guy, you may love it. If you're not a Jim Beam guy, I don't know. Um, anyway, you ready to get over that goal line? Let's do it.
All right, so we talked several headlines from injuries, college football playoffs. We had our tribute segment to the great Mike Leach. We uh, followed up with some NFL predictions that we have as we come down to the last couple weeks of the regular season. And, uh, yeah, Dick, share all the fun social activities that we have minus Twitter now. All right, so Drambers, like we said at the head of the episode, uh, we no longer have a Twitter account, so if you're following us there, sorry, uh, we got banned. Um, the best way to get a hold of us is either on our Instagram or our website, uh, fortdramandgoal at gmail.com, or Instagram, uh, 4thdram. You can also find us on Facebook as well. Um, big thing is just tell your friends about us, man. Uh, if you're listening to us right now, tell your friends about us. This uh, silly little uh, podcast called Fort Dram and Goals, Whiskey Sports, all this sh- uh, different shit in between. And make sure you're ranking, reviewing us, following us, whatever it is, on all of your favorite podcast streaming services, including Apple, Audible, CastBox, Spotify, and, yeah, good old YouTube. All of our episodes are up on YouTube as well. Uh, so with that, Kurt, I think uh, kick it over to you for the quote of the episode. Once again, going to raise my glass. I'm going to keep it very simple. Of course, tonight. Swing your sword. Find your inner pirate. To the great Mike Leach, we cheers you, my friend. I will take this drink on air. To the next snap in the next dram. Drink on, drammers. Drink on, drammers.